0: Non-duality is um, another word for it's Advaita from from Hindi, which means not to, yes. So not to is the negation. In other words, the way we're in the original, not the original, but let's say the primary dualistic situation is subject-object. You're the subject and everything's an object to you, yes? Which sounds like it would be fine, but really what's going on is well, it can be explained really easily this way. Right now, my experience is I'm seeing you, yes. I'm seeing you. And everyone in this room's experience is I'm seeing you. The use change, but it's I'm seeing you. Or I'm seeing this, or whatever. But if you're looking at a person, it's I'm seeing you. So let's say the I is the similar thing that's happening in all of our experiences. Let's say that's called spirit or subjectivity. Let's just give it a name. So the I is seeing you, and the you obviously is an object, yes, a body. So I'm seeing you. And let's say there's 12 people here. Actually, for the people on the Internet, there's 85 people here at this huge meeting we're having tonight. Very enthusiastic. (laughs) So there would be 85 yous having the same experience as if there was only five people. It would be I... Not I, this, but I, meaning subjectivity of seeing you. Yeah? And if you if you tripled it or like eight hundred times it, if there was eight hundred thousand people, I'd be having the same experience. I'm seeing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right. So the I is subjectivity. Let's say consciousness, awareness, spirituality. Yeah. This the I. The I is the seeing. That's not the seer. There's no seer. The eye is the seeing. This eye facilitates eye seeing. Yes? So, eye is seeing, eye is hearing, eye is feeling, eye is tasting, eye is touching. And then in Buddhism they think the mind is like a, the sixth sense where an eye would see a bird fly by, the mind sees thoughts. Yes? So, there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and let's say thinking. Let's put it that way. But what's seeing isn't the eye. What's hearing isn't the ear. They just facilitate that, yeah? And there is no seer, and there is no hearer. And there's no way you'll ever see what's seeing, because it's subjectivity. It's not of a thing, yeah? It's not an object. So you can't see it. So no way am I ever going to see what's seeing right now. I'm never going to hear what's hearing. I'm never going to feel what's actually feeling. I'm never going to smell what's actually smelling. But what's really cool is, I am the seeing, I am the hearing, I am the feeling, I am the tasting, I am the toucher, but not as a hearer, not as a seer, because there is no object, there is no thing that's seeing, there's just seeing, or just awareness, let's say, or just spirit, or just consciousness. So, here, let's say, that's what I'm implying with the word I. So, I is the subject seeing you. All the yous. And you're having the same experience. It's the eye seeing and you call me. You call this a you, yes? And if I get 8 billion people here, if they cast their votes, I'm a you. Yeah. No matter what, they're seeing me as a you. Because the only way I can be seen is as an object. Yes. Like you can't see what's seen. Okay, so. All right, now what Happens when my mental process chimes in with what it believes is happening. It sees the eye or senses the eye, and what it does is it claims the sense of the eye, which is seeing, and it becomes the seer. Yeah. And now, if you ask who's the seer, it wouldn't say it's the eye. It wouldn't say it's the you, but it would say me. Yeah, me. And this is a tricky little maneuver because the eye is being claimed by the mental process and now is now given over to the you yes, and now that you becomes an identified you which is me and the only way it can become a me is the hijacking of the I by the mental process so the mental process is producing selfing the sense of being a long lasting independent separate entity, a body the whole thought system that we're listening to like a radio station all day Pictures us as a body. The only way you could think about you a month ago is as a body, because you cannot think about you as a spirit in time. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. How? Try it. Does this space? Oh, I've seen this space before in this room. I saw it about five weeks ago when I was in New York. Yeah. And, and it seems a little different. It seems it's been through, going through a lot the last five weeks. It's not as spacious as it once was when I last saw it. You know, this is ridiculous. So the mind, the mental process, the thinking, the thought system, takes you and me to be a body. And then what it does is it fixates on that somewhere else at some other time. That's how the eye, which is constantly, 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 as long as there's life here, it's constantly being demonstrated. It's the I that's seeing. Yes? This is how the mental process claims that, and then gives it over to being a you, which makes it me. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the bondage of self. This is the activity of being bonded to the idea of self. You have never been tattooed with the bondage. It cannot actually be so, but it can appear to be so. Yeah? When you're listening to that thought system, and I don't mean hearing it, because consciously you hear it, but listening has an intent there. When there's a listening to it, there's a sense of it's you listening to it. That's the product of the self. Yes? That you that's listening to it, is called me, which is just the commandeering of the I, and having the I be identified with the you. That's what it okay? can Yeah. All the while, so like Buddha said, when you see, see. You don't know Lord Buddha. You know. I don't know who he was either anyway, but he says a lot of nice things. Supposedly. So this statement was, when you see, see. When you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. That sounds pretty simple. That would be like the natural format of conscious contact. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. But the mental process doesn't go that way. When it senses seeing, it says, I'm the seer. When it senses hearing, I'm the hearer. But not the I that I am, but the I that I call me, which is a body. Yes? So consciousness now becomes an activity the body is doing like your conscious. So here's the first dualism, which is you as the subject and everything else is an object. First of all, it's just object to object, all there is is subject. Yes, But in this sense, everything is an object to you as the subject. That's called dualism. Yeah? From there, it expresses itself dualistically. So now, distance and space start a- arising, now you think you're close to something that you don't want to be close to and far away from something you be far, You don't want to be far away from. All this stuff starts happening, yes, no, either, or. Because the mental system is binary, right? It's going like this, it's not circular. It's yes, no, convinced, unconvinced, close, far, feeling love, not feeling love. Yes, it's always back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's not based on any fact and whatever whenever it goes this way it's going to go that way so if you believe that you achieve something that same sense of you achieving something also has a counter belief which is you can lose what you achieved that in it that is not a state that is a circumstance and a situation produced by you that's not a state that's not reliable that's not Able to be rested upon. Yes. So in this sense, if I finally see this is a you, yes, and tell the truth about it's not me, what gets sensed now is the I moving through. The I moving through this object, and I tend to say I don't. When I say I'm not this and I'm not the me, I don't need to say I am that I because I am that I. Yes, it would be a redundancy to say, I am what I am. <laughs> it's like Popeye, you know, I am that I am what I am, what I am, what I am. It's just, I am not that. I am the seeing of what I'm not. So I've now seen, I'm not the me. I've seen, I'm not the you. And therefore, that's the I. Yeah. Just like it's always been, but now the little bit of... Uh, Mistake calibration has been corrected, yes? So now the I is sensed as what you are, and the you and the me is seen as what you're not. Yeah. Instead of the you and me seeing, being seen as what you are, and the I is forgotten, as, and then the I becomes something that you or the me is doing. <laughs> so instead of consciousness as a state, yes, as an availability, as something prior to any circumstances and situations, consciousness now appears to be conscious or unconscious here, based on you. Yeah. So you believe you did something, and now you feel conscious this weekend, and then you do something that makes you feel unconscious. But there's a state called consciousness that's not manipulated or contrived by the mental process. It can't be touched by the mental process. It's like an open sky where everything that happens in the sky can happen but what happens never affects it, yes? In other words, if there's explosions in the sky, the sky doesn't get ripped open, does it? Fourth of July, I've never seen the sky rip open after Fourth of July. i never, yet there was a lot of explosions. I've never heard a plane call up the terminal and say they ran into some sky up there. I've never seen, I've never seen it get wet. The wetness hits the ground, disappears, and then wetness occurs, yes? So the sky is like mind, in a way. It's very, very, and when most people describe the sky, they're describing clouds. They're not describing the sky. The clouds appear in the sky. But the sky is like mind. It's like context. It's like a a milieu that you never sense, yet it's always so. It's just like gravity. Most people aren't experiencing the effects of gravity. They have no idea they're under the effects of gravity as a body because they've never not been under the effects. Yes, You would have to know about gravity by its absence. By going into an anti-gravity experience, you would now know what gravity is like. Yes? So the same thing in this state, where there's this context that is mind, in a way, or consciousness, whatever you want to say it, but it is a context, and everything else is appearing in it. And those appearances, though they can affect other appearances, like, "Wow, that hurt!" Yes, this is an appearance. Or it's this appearance. It hurts. Yeah. But tell me if I'm affecting the space. Yeah. No. In other words, it, from the space's view, I have I have no relevance. In other words, I have no reality because I cannot I cannot produce an effect. Yes. Yeah this is the beauty of this is the beauty of mind yeah. and there's no need to know mind just know what you're not and know it as not you and that's the knowledge of mind yeah, like ramana maharshi said a great master he says to know god is to be god to know god is to be god when we know something it makes us the knower of it right So if I think I know God, I'm a knower of God. Or if I think I love God, I'm the lover of God. But he's saying another form of knowledge. To know God is to be God. This goes right into no more need for an experience. No more need for seeking. No more need for attempting to achieve because you are already that. As long as you see or look into what you're not that's appearing to be you, if it registers that it's not you, your interest and attention, which is actually the act of glue to the bondage of yourself, your interest and attention, it's not yours, interest and attention, will leave that wedding, that wedding to self, and move to something you'll have to find out about. But what I know is interest and attention has a nature of no-thingness. It is not coming from a thing. I am, as this, I am not the, I am not the producer of interest and attention. Attention and interest is what produces an interest in this. When it's wedded to the idea, I am this. This is what is the bondage of self. It's not the self. The bondage of self is interest and attention wedded to that idea. Because if it takes it to be you, then it's all about you. That interest and attention is going to follow every little, every little trail if it may possibly lead to you. Every little thought crumb that gets left. It will go to the next thought crumb and the next thought crumb with the hopes that because you know what's happening with it? In the in the mind of selfing, selfing is trying to become a self. That's what it's doing. Yet it can never fulfill that mission because it is already no thingness. It can't become a self. It can't be a self. But the obsession with it and the selfing is the constant attempt to fulfill something that cannot ever be fulfilled. And from that unfulfillment, then all other desires take off. Because now you're looking for for some fulfillment from that unfulfillment. And the thing is, if selfing, it's like, um, so here's the mind, selfing, selfing. So, It has a thought about being angry, and maybe it has a thought about being angry five times that month, and now it's now become an angry person, yes? It's constantly attempting to become something, become something, become something, yet it can never actually complete that mission, yes? So it's always, always truly unfulfilled, which is the drive of agitation, irritability, and restlessness. It is constantly seeking fulfillment in which it can't. So one desire begets another desire begets another desire. Or one addiction, the mind's addiction to self-produces all the other addictions in life. Every other addiction can be rooted back to that one addiction. Every one of them. Shooting up dope, you know, drinking. They're all attempts to get out of the unbearability of believing you're in something. That you possibly cannot be in. It's like so crazy if you look at it this way. A lot of people, and there's a lot of books to support this are attempting to get into the moment. They want to get more into the moment. They want to get thoroughly into the moment. They want to be turbocharged authentically in the moment. But that all presupposes the idea that you could be out of a moment. I do not believe you can be out of what you are, which is the moment. You are not an action figure in a moment. You are the moment. You are the bringer of this moment. So why would you want to get into something you can't be out of? When you see that your attempt to get into it is actually how it looks like you're out of it. Yeah? Yeah, it's tricky, eh? And then, on the other hand, people are trying to get out of self, and I'm just putting it out there, there's no way you could possibly ever be in self. So of we're trying to get in what we can't get out of, and we're trying to get out of what we can't be in. It's just a simple correction. That's all's that's needed. And the mind. Comes out of that mental yogic posture of selfing, yes? To reach this invitation has to. And when it comes out, it unfurls. And then you get it, you find out a sense of mind that can't be contained in the body. It's like that statement in the New Testament, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within you. If the kingdom of heaven was in you, the you that you think is me, it would be a rather small kingdom, obviously. There'd be absolutely no parking in this kingdom of heaven, yeah? But if the you that you are is not this, but all of that, yes? Then everything is in that. Everything. Kingdom of heaven, everything is in that. In what you truly are. Not the you that's been turned into a me, to co-opt the I, but the I. Yeah. And so selfish, just like every other father, Everything that's happening while you're alive doesn't happen once. You didn't take one big breath in 1994 and you've never breathed since, right? You didn't take uh, one you know, weekend retreat to digest all the food you're ever going to have. You know what I mean? Did you? Did you pump your heart once and that was it? No. It's a process. And so the process continues to do it, right? Selfing is a process of the freaking brain. It would stop if it could be a self, probably, but it can never become a self. So it has to continue for the appearance of being one to be projected. Without that, there would be so The obviousness that you're not that would be overwhelming, that you wouldn't be able to tell a huge story in time to forget it. You would just get whacked and realize, Jesus Christ, you give up the ghost like that. Yeah. But because it takes us in time, and look at the thought system. What is valued? Does not value now or here and there? Yeah? Does not value the past and the future much more than now? Am I more, I'm more concerned about I will be okay than I am okay. Yeah? I totally am. Yeah. The mind is totally into how I'm going to be and how I was. It's not so much into how I am, because how I am is self-evident. How I was and how I'm going to be is a giant treasure trove for a mental story. A mental story. And it's only when the story is spun that the appearance of self seems to be so. Yes. So there is a solution. The problem is imaginary. There is a solution. I had this This lady said something about, so something I said I forgot. I like this. She says, I said, the only way you could ever be lost is if you're going somewhere. <laughs> I like that. I forgot I ever said that. The only way you could ever be lost is if you were going somewhere. If you realize there's no one going anywhere, how could you ever be lost? <laughs> so I always like the one that the best way to get out of something is to realize you were never in it. Yeah? And I'm just putting a humble, humble invitation. Don't take it as truth and don't take it as knowledge because it will only turn into self-knowledge and that will avail you nothing. But maybe keep an open mind if you possibly can. Maybe stay in, I don't know, I don't know what's going on really. And then, this knowledge you'll find out. And it's a very convincing way for knowledge to be held, is to find out. Not to know, because knowing it neuters it immediately. Because this thing is all about something. And if it's introduced to nothing, it will make it something. That's what it does. And once nothing is made into something, that ain't nothing. Yeah. And nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. Nothing. Nothing is like a nuclear reactor that never goes out. Some things come and go, and a lot of us have gotten a lot of some things, and it's pretty much added up to nothing anyway. So why, why don't we just start at nothing and see what happens. Yeah. So this is a message about no thing, nothing. Yeah. So instead of being conscious as a thing, you become conscious as consciousness. It's a little different. And you don't become that. That's how it's always been. That's how it is, actually. But right now, most of us believe we're conscious as a thing. yeah. And then we want to be conscious of the truth, but as a thing. That You cannot be conscious of the truth. You're conscious as the truth. Yeah. You don't have the luxury to have an experience of what you are. You're incessantly what you are. There's no point where you're not that to have an experience of it. <laughs> it just isn't. It's not available. You cannot have an experience of it. <laughs> every experience is influenced by it. Yeah? It's like prior, it's even past attitude and outlook. It's, it's got a much more influ- influential uh, effect here, what you are, than all these little experiences as who you are you think you have. But what you are is always so. But it cannot be experienced by what you're not. It's impossible. How can you become a subject and know that subject? There's only subjectivity. There's only awareness. That's why it says the non-duality means not two. There is no subject-object. And there's no dualistic, perceptual uh, reality that is dreaming. There's uno. I would say there's none without a first, but let's just say there's one without a second. So non-duality is just negation of the two. The the immediate to it, likes to negate, is the subject-object that we're in right now. Me is the subject, and everything else is an object. Negating that, and seeing this is an object, this is an object, and basically it's you could always say, I seeing I, yeah, that's really what's going on. I is seeing I, but I is seeing an appearance that we call I, which is you. But it's always the I that's seeing Always the eye that's hearing, always the eye that's feeling, and yet you'll never see what's seen because it's not a seer. It's seeing. It's seeing. It's not a seer. It never becomes a noun. It never, ever becomes a noun. It's seeing. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting. And you're actually seeing from your original face every moment of every seeing. But what tricks us is we're looking for a seer. We're thinking what we're looking for has our qualities that we've given this, that it's going to be a body or a divine being or a God. And that's why we're missing it, because it ain't. It's a verb, in a way. It's seeing. It's awareness. It's consciousness. It's no-thingness. So our glasses, what we're wearing, and this is tricky because there's a great book in recovery called A New Pair of Glasses. So the new pair of glasses are there to correct, especially the alcoholic mind, to correct the distortions of alcoholism, yes? But the thing is, when you have alcoholism, you take, your, you take those glasses to be your eyes. You actually think, I'm seeing this way. It's not. It's a distortion. That, it's a perceptual distortion that the mental processes produce. But you claim them to be your eyes, so you're constantly shopping for glasses. So you get a pair of glasses to correct these glasses. But the greatest correction is to see them, I mean, to see them as glasses, not as you. Because then, when the correction, when the distortions are somewhat corrected, you'll take both of them off. You will take what corrected the, the first pair of glasses, and then the first pair of glasses. And then seeing has never been distorted. Seeing is never needs to be uh, corrected. It's naturally seen. That's its nature. Yeah. But we're taking a form of looking to be me-seeing. We're taking a form of looking called self-centeredness to be eye-seeing. We think it's an eye-seeing, but it's me. Yeah? This is self-centeredness. That's a pair of glasses we're wearing. But the pair of glasses and the whole system is about being identified as the system. So if you are identified as the glasses, you will never entertain you can take them off. Because you would think that's who you are, right? And so if you can't take off what's driving you crazy, what are you going to be driven to do? You're going to be seeking light crazy to get some damn relief from it. Therapy, doing this and doing that. And then some people, they come to take their own lives because they can't separate the two. What's driving them crazy is them. But if you can see it as a foreign installment, you can immediately entertain, you could be free of it, radically. Not free as it, but from it not free as it, from it. Most people are attempting to become free as a self. That's why it's all practices and processes. Because it's in time and it will never be delivered. You'll never become free as a self. Because the self is the bondage. <laughs> I mean, how can the bondage become free of itself? Self can't get out of self. You look at it. Look at selfing. So here, self tries to get out of self. And then tries to get out of self. It tries to get out of self. And every place self appears is the parameter of self. So let's say it's a fence post. And self wants to get over the other side of the fence and look in. And no selfing. But that would be self doing that. So every point it tries to get to, it's still the definition of selfing. And it can never leave the process that produced it. It can't transcend the mental process because it doesn't exist anywhere. It only appears to exist in that. So it can't leave and be a self anywhere else. Because it never is a self, nor will it ever be a self. It's never going to be a noun. Seeing is never going to become the seer. It's not. It's never. It's seeing. And that's the peace. The peace is in the movement of seeing. Now the mind that's used to recognizing things is now able to recognize no thing. Yeah, and the interest and attention when alighting on that it calls that home because interest and attention is no thingness you can't see a bunch of interest in you can't package attention up can you? it's not able to be seen it's a movement yeah? let's say it's awareness of consciousness so when it lands on its nature of no thingness now it's home and from there the same thing that was bonding you to the idea of self is what's allowing you to abide in the truth. Same interest and attention. At one time, it took all this stuff to imply it, so it was constantly interested in all the thoughts and my feelings and my this and my that. Now it's lost interest in that, and it's resting in its own nature. So what happens? Well, your life will look like it's traveling a lot lighter. Simple as that. And a deep down level, I think that's all we want, really is to have an ease and comfort in our own skin and in all the situations that we end up in. Like today, I was driving, I stopped to get something, and when I got out, I started the car, and um, flat tire. There was, a recognition was flat, because I could hear it and the way it drove, and there was no thought after that. Just pull over, change it. <laughs> I didn't have to have any big. Oh, no, you got to, what? If you wouldn't have gone to that store, this probably wouldn't have ever happened. None of that even arose. It was so nice. It was just very clean. Flat tire. Okay. Well, I wish I wouldn't have... What did I... No, 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 because I, there is no doer. There is no one that was doing a no fucking thing. I am the scene. Yeah. So the thought system has to have your interest and attention to get it going. If your interest and attention isn't going that way, the thought system starts dying. You know, when you walk in a room, you just experience walking in a room. Who has to, why would your head have to tell you you're going to the bathroom if you're going to the bathroom? I, oh, I'm going to the bathroom. Thank you. I, I actually am going to the bathroom. Why is it that I have to have like a, Little Howard Cosell <laughs> narrates my life for me when I'm actually in the game of life. I would imagine I don't need that at all. Yeah. It seems like it seems like ridiculous, you know. Oh, thanks for uh, pointing out to me. I'm going, taking a shit, you know. I, was, I didn't know that. So I wasn't aware of that. You know, it just seems so ridiculous. But you see, that's not the point. The point is just the utter obsession with the idea of self. That's the only way it can appear. Because it's not so, yeah? So for something to it, let's say if something's blown up, yet it has a constant leaking out, because it's not actually that shape, yes? It's actually not in that form. It appears to be in that form by a lot Well, listen, and it incessantly starts leaking. This is what selfing is. You're constantly blowing up this idea, like in AA it says, you know, when you come in, you've got to... Be able to be willing to save your ass instead of your face, yes? Very simple statement. But my experience when I came in is I thought my ass was my face. That was the dilemma. I was taking myself to be the image my mind had of me, which is a physical image, a historical physical image. (laughs) Rooted on the being the doer of everything that ever happened to me. Even though they say in first step of recovery, you were powerless over alcohol and drugs, it's sort of like dancing with a gorilla. You're going to stop when it wants to stop. Yet, the guilt and shame for all the behavior that ever happened when I was using, was still being produced in that little garden. Yes? The mind was still cultivating all those crops of guilt and shame, yet the first major part of the book is to realize you're powerless over something. When you're powerless over it, you have no say. Yet we keep assuming we should have had a say. This is selfing. This is what we have freedom from, not as. That thing can never contain freedom. It's too much opposite. So freedom always has to come with bondage. The freedom I'm talking about is the recognition there was never a bondage. Never. It's an impossibility. It only appeared in a dreamscape of mind. Yeah. It never became so. Then all of its teeth get dropped out. It has no ability to bite me in the ass anymore. It never did. You gave it all the ability it had, And so, let's say a pause produces by sitting here, and then you have the instantaneous ability to be totally in that pause. It's not bookended to oh, "I've got to get to go somewhere tonight." I have got to get a no bookended with "Oh, I didn't. I wasn't in the pause before." No, whatever is available, you're available with that. So this is I entertained this idea, I heard it, I don't know how long ago, and I went to some different people to hear it in different ways, but basically it just turned into an unspoken yes pretty quickly. So my mind started to come out of that yogic posture of selfing, and then entertaining I may not be that, my interest and attention slowly moved away. Yes? And now, freed from that bondage, it's sort of landed back in its source, which is awareness or consciousness or no-thingness, yes? So every time it goes out to uh, pay attention to things, it's still the sense of no-thingness is never lost, yes? But when you believe you're a thing having interest and attention, you've dismissed its major drive. You've, you've, You've fooled it, and it doesn't know how to get home. So it takes this to be you, the body you know, your story. And so all the interest attention is just bonded to this idea. That's why you can't sleep at night. The thoughts demand so much attention because they're about you. I'm saying if they're not about you, you'll lose interest in it. You'll lose interest in the thought system. And you'll see that you can do quite well without relying on that failed system here. You'll do extraordinarily well. yeah, Because it is a failed system. It's a... The whole system is based on false evidence that you are you, as a body. (laughs) That false evidence geometrically progresses where false evidence constantly appears to be real to us. Because we're seeing it from a false evidence place. I take spirit to be a body, you can't be more off than that. And now everything else is so distorted. I'm trying to correct the distortions, but I'm the one that's skewed, yeah? I'm taking me I'm taking the eye to be this me which is just a you it's just a fucking object yeah. so that corrected and then I've known I've, I found out about the tree by the fruit over years of it yeah, of entertaining it it's proven and I didn't, never needed to be proven but it's demonstrated on a grand scale that I was onto something we're actually onto nothing This is all it is: is an invitation, a message. And see what happens with it for you. If you have a lifestyle already, it will probably illuminate that lifestyle. If you don't have a lifestyle and it may be needed, you'll probably be motivated to find one that suits you. Yeah, well, it suits the eye, actually. Yeah. But this isn't this isn't like a goal at the end of a practice, because not two can never become one. Not two. And I'm telling you, you are not a body. But you, your mind presents you as subject-object. Yes? So that is two-ness. That two-ness, it looks like you're one as a body. But the mind is not in oneness. It's in subject-object. That two-ness is never going to know oneness. It's just seeing you're not two-ness. That's oneness. Yeah? It's much faster. You see, I'm not that... There's no movement or time to get to what you are because you are that right at that moment. You've always been that. And that's the biggest hit of it. When it hits you, you realize there was never a you, nor will there ever be a you. (laughs) It was just a mental appearance going on. And the only reason why it seems so is because your interest and attention was glommed onto it. Now your interest and attention has been sort of pried off, not even pried off, it's just been disengaged from and now it looks like a, a grainy black and white old movie. Yeah, the production of you. It's like, listen. it's So you want an experience of it? Listen to someone come over to your house and talk about something that's actually not happening, and they're flipping out about. It. <gasps> I think I'm going to get fired next week. Are you bored in two minutes? Of course you are. Fucking <laughs> almost anything, please. Jesus Christ. And no matter how close you sit next to them, and no matter how flip they are, you never pick it up. It's not like it's not contagious. I can sit right next to someone who's fully bummed out, and I'm not going to be bummed out. Yeah? Why? Because there's a distinct feeling, that's them, and this is me. I have immunity to you, but I have no immunity to me. So the same thing that's running around in that you, if it runs through the you of this, and it's called me... Or about me, that has an incredible ability to produce an effect here. Incredible ability. Yet it has no ability to affect it if I see it as a you. <laughs> Check it out. I mean, seriously. You've been listening to, let's say, K. D. for forty years. You bought every product they sold you. and You probably like those matchbooks with "Go to college and become an artist." Can you draw this? A a square. Okay, you've got talent. Come, send all our money. On and on and on and on and on. You bought tons of. You bought the farm over and over and over again. Yeah. All right. I will be happy. I will arrive one day. This is this moment sucks, but that moment when I get there's going to be great, and it's going to make all these sucky moments okay. This will be so great. It's always a delayed uh, plan of happiness, joyousness, and freedom. <laughs> it's slavery really it's a form of slavery we're enslaved to the idea of being a self it's the first addiction and it will never be complete it's like I shot a lot of Coke but I never you know I never shot so much that one day I reached the, the ultimate satisfaction never needed to do coke again I mean I just put it down and said I've reached coke Got it. I've got cocaine, I'm satisfied. No. It's a never ending pursuit. Yeah. It will never end. The same thing with selfing. It's just like a drug. You know, you're holding out to be special and right. You know, someone's gonna find out how wonderful I am. And instead of love, it'll be a special love just between me and them. Yeah, fuck all of you. Yeah. <laughs> There's this incredible drive to keep on going, to <laughs> keep on going. And I'll tell you, you'll never lose interest in it because it's you, it's about you. It's the biggest meaning the mind can give anything. It's bigger than even giving something the meaning of God. You are bigger than God. Because it's you that will know God. God doesn't seem to be knowing you, does it? It's you that will know God. So I would say you're the bigger God of it all. This is just seeing it, man. Just looking at your own head. And now you've got a little invitation of your heard it, does it, you know? Repetition is very helpful. Just like repetition here is a poison, annoying. Someone keeps repeating something; it seems to be so. Yes. Well, we're using the poison as an antidote. We're just giving, you know, sharing the message a couple times a week here. Nice space, beautiful church. Yes. And uh, letting it get in there. Yeah. And it's like a lazy Susan in a way. You know? the slots. Yeah. The mind. The lazy Susan is the movement. That's selfish. The mind is there. If we can get through the self thing every once in a while and hit home, that wakes up the mind to come out of that yogic posture of self. That's the only posture of that yoga it's in. I, me, my. (laughs) You know what I mean? Once it starts coming out of it, you'll know it by its fruits. You'll sense it. You'll sense the size of the mind, and you'll feel like, hey, I feel spacious, or I feel available, or I feel a presence. All these are attributes of mind that hasn't been conditioned into self-centeredness. Yeah? when it's conditioned to the self-centeredness, you seem to be present, and then everything else is absent. This is like, you're inherently absent, that's the presence. Yeah. What are you inherently absent as? As a long-lasting independent separate entity? You're not a thing. And then you have eyes to see that, yeah? and you used to hear it. So you sense something that you didn't sense before, maybe a presence during your day. You sense mind is constantly seeing nothing, literally, while all the lookings and everything else happen. But there's just an overall seeing, because mind is awareness. It's not doing awareness, it is awareness. It is onness. It's not on and off, it is that. So, yeah. So, this isn't a traveling on the road to two-ness to get to oneness, it's just questioning the two-ness, yeah? If, the, if there is no two-ness, that's the oneness. But to try to fit subject object into subjectivity is impossible. You can only cast it as an object and hope to have an experience of it, and you'll never have an experience of it because it's not an object. There is no seer, there's seen. Any questions tonight? I can go on if you want, but. Yes? You want me to go on? Oh, sure. All right. It's going to cost you. <laughs> Maybe some interest and attention. <laughs> but that will come back to you in spades. That interest and attention. When it's entertaining and interested in this, it tends to expand, yes. When you're interested in tension and self, it's like a black hole, right? It's like a vacuum. Like it Sucks everything into me. This this interest attention expands. In other words, instead of being focused and self centered, it disperses, yeah. It disperses. It's like this atmospheric, it's spaciousness. You get a sense of presence. This way, it's all so self centered and everything is trying to be fit around you. That's a very small world, yeah? To fit around you, to fit around you and me, but the eye is what fits around the world. The eye is the context and the world's content. The world is appearing in the eye. So it's really nice news, yeah? Because it will afford you traveling lighter. Will stabilize. It's not saying your geography of your life will change. That I have no idea what's going to happen, but I do know that it will afford you the ability to travel lighter because it won't be your ability. It'll just be an innate ability of mind to travel lighter over circumstances and situations, whatever they are. Hey, what? hmm? hey, what? when you when a person relaxes. That's one. That's like a, a clue that then becomes like a. It's a Pandora's box. You can't really put it back in again. You've seen the truth You can, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Though it that's may that's take it. time to, to appear here, but it didn't take time in the mind. But see, mind is mind, and then here is manifestation. Yes. So. What's manifesting has certain rules around it, which is space and time. So something that has a timeless nature may look like it takes time to, to set up or stabilize. What you're saying is, when you have a peak at this non-duality, would that become like a a direction that a person can travel in once they've got a peak? It's yeah, it can happen. It's not always assured though. There's, it's not. You don't have a peak of it. You have a peak as it. So, basically, when I'm seeing from there, what I see is two, I see the two-ness, and I recognize that's not me. That's It's like a sort of the only way you can get to know what you are is knowing what you're not. You can't know what you are, because yeah? you're it. Yeah? So the way to sort of get around that, so that you still have a feeling that you're knowing what you are, is knowing what you're not. Yeah? And the knowing of what you're not, that's what you are, the seeing of what I'm not. So. To me, it's going through questioning the quote-unquote dualistic setup the subject-object, and then the subject-object, all there. And if that's not so, something may dawn on you, which may be what is so. But it won't dawn on you as something you know, but you'll be knowing from it, yeah? You'll be knowing from it. And that's the only way you can recognize what it's not, because it's seeing from what it is, yeah? when it's a trying to recognize what it is from what it's not, it's very difficult. When it's trying to recognize what it is, like, I'm going to get enlightened or awakened or like that, but as the subject-object modality, so now awakening is an object to you as a subject, yeah? you're going to have it, it's going to be added on to you. That's, I don't see that as a good approach, because, well, it's impossible, because you're not that, <laughs> So there's no way you can get around that little bit of a uh, little speed bump. You're not that. So (laughs) no matter how much you want to have an experience of what you are as that, you're not that. So It's sort of like the idea of everyone seeking their own absence, but they want to be there to get it. You You can't. It's impossible. You're absent. (laughs) That's the good news. (laughs) So... (laughs) So any, <laughs> any like distance or like or uh, space between you and what you are, the you is an appearance. <laughs> You've never not be, been looking from what you are. You have never not been looking from what you are. Yeah. It only appears that you're looking from here in the mind. Yes. But it always has to have a sense of a you there to have that appearance. So when you realize. The appearance always seems to be coinciding with the appearance of a you. Instead of fighting the appearance, let's question the you. So, yeah, everything looks like this is the truth to me. Okay. Well, let's not go into the truth of anything. Let's see the me. Yeah. Let's see how truthful that is. If that's not so, all all the rules and regulations of this disengage from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, this really feels true to me. All right. <laughs> Does that mean it's true? No. It appears. It seems true to me. Yeah, exactly. But let's say if you took the me out of it, it may not seem true. <laughs> because seemingly only means it appears to be true or false to you. I would think the true or falseness of everything is really based on the you that you are. If you're the you that you're actually not, then false will appear to be true. <laughs> if you are what you really are, you'll see truth and the difference between false and true. False evidence can never be real. It can only appear real. Yeah? Because there's false evidence. So false evidence can never become real. It only appears to be real. Well, this is the original false evidence. It's appearing to be real, but it can never become real. That's why selfing is incessantly Desiring to become a self, and yet it can never fulfill that little plan because it can't be a self because it is something other than that already. Yeah. So, no matter how much it wants to forget what it is and be be what it, what it's not, it can only seem to become what it's not. Yeah, it only can seem to become. And how it seems to become, it seems to become to you. <laughs> so, the feeling of being what you want to become has to be in place for it to seem that way. <laughs> yes? It's like if you watch selfie, if you watch selfing here, so let's say I'm worrying about next week. My mind's worrying about next week. All right? Now, so look, I listen to that. The head's going, you know, I, meaning the me, is worrying about next week. And so there's a believing in that. So it feels like I was here. I'm the doer of the worrying about next week. But if you really look at it, it's the listening to you're worrying about next week that produces the sense of you. So the you actually is after the selfing in time. What it does is a trick. It places itself before the selfing. So either you think it's being done to you, the selfing, or you're the doer of it. Yeah? So it's like a prod. Let's say there's a, uh, a conveyor line that's producing something. So if, And then you're at the end, and then there's the production, the feeling of being yourself. The feeling of that, though, is that you're in front of the line. You're the doer of the, com, of the, of the conveyor belt. You're the doer of it. Yeah? Or it's being done to you if the conveyor belt's going this way. So there's a feeling, this is produced here, after you've been listening to this cake bowl all day. Oh, Jesus. Christ, because it's all about you, right, as the doer and the haver, okay, so I'm mean, in sort of in that transfer a long, long time, so, yes, I'm worrying about next week, I should not be worrying about next week, I'm supposed to be a spiritual, quote-unquote teacher, the spiritual teachers shouldn't be worrying about next week, all this is selfing, 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 so, so, so. so here we go, but the feeling is I'm the one who's doing it or it's being done to me, that's the product of selfing, that feeling is the product of selfing. It takes the feeling of being on and says it's you that's on. And that you is represented by me. The idea of me. Yeah, this is a story. You know? And because it's not real it has to be said over and over and over again. 70,000 thoughts a day. They say in the head house. Yeah? Let's just say maybe just 3,000 thoughts a day. How many thoughts did I need to navigate the day I was in today? Maybe about fourteen. Yeah. You know. I have a thought, you know, hey, the car's flat. Hey, you better go eat something, or you know, hey I better put on the wetsuit, if it's cold. Yeah. Take it out of your day, what's the sixty-nine thousand eight hundred or nine hundred and seventy eight other thoughts doing? They're building the beast, brother. They're pumping up that there I am me. The doer, the have of me, the historical person, me, the thing that's worthy of being worried about, me. You know, I you Deal with your own problems. Me, yes. You should be worried about me, not you. But I'm a me too. Oh, that's why. So everyone's worried about me, very, very, really, about a you, and the I is forgotten. Yeah. The I is now a verb that you are doing as a me. It's fucking incredible. And then to try to unwind out of that and try to know the I as the me that you're not through the you that is really an incredible long journey. Why not just recognize you're not the me nor the you, that's the I. It saves you a huge amount of time. It actually saves you from time. It immediately jolts you into timelessness, which is actually the true state, yeah? This is just made up, obviously. This moment was different than that moment. Yeah, it's a mind dreaming. So so just check it out. I is seeing, yes? Everyone's having the same experience. And that simple truth is beautiful to utter when you see it. I, I am seeing. And then you'll see sometimes when the mind rises up and says, that's me that's doing that. And the me is an identified you. That's all it is. So subjectiveness is being given to an object and now the object is doing the subject as a thing, as an entity. I'm the one who's doing it. This is a big leap. We're just retracing the steps and just looking at it. I have total faith in mind. I do, because it worked here. I just heard this information. I entertained it. And, uh, started producing some sizable effects here. So that's it for tonight. Any other questions? No?